Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show on a Monday here, December the 6th. And whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're tuning in via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. We know you have a choice of where to get your sports news, information, entertainment, opinions, yada, yada. And I do appreciate you choosing Tucson's only local morning sports talk show right here every weekday from 7 to 9, the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Also, you can download the podcast, which is uploaded every single day because Mary is really good at her job. And you can find that on any of the places where you download your podcast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, all those places. Where you get your uh, where you get your podcast, you can download the Jeff Dean Show and listen at your leisure. Uh, the Dean's List and the Dunce List, as we do every Monday here at eight o'clock. It's the heroes and zeros from the weekend that was, and I was I, I make notes on things as I'm watching stuff throughout the weekend, and I have a lot. So let's begin. We begin with the Dean's List. I'm going to start with some honorable mentions, and then we'll just go through my top three. Um, in, in what my opinion were the uh, the heroes from the weekend that was. Number one mention uh, in my honorable mentions is Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for the Pitt Panthers, uh, of course had a, a phenomenal season in the running for the Heisman Trophy, will probably likely be the first quarterback selected in the 2022 NFL Draft, <clears throat> just based on um, the, the level of competition, to be honest with you. But in the ACC championship game, he did something that I'm surprised we haven't seen yet. And Kenny Pickett isn't exactly known as your scrambling and your running uh, dual threat type quarterback. He's more of a pocket passer. But he showed some speed and some moxie in a touchdown run against Wake Forest on Saturday night. Kenny Pickett had had broken into the open, was being kind of corralled by a couple of defensive backs for the Demon Deacons. He then faked like he was going to hook slide. He kind of gave like a little, okay, I'm going to slide here. And the DBs just kind of gave up. Then he was like, psych, put his left foot in the ground, took off towards the sideline, and outran the uh, the guys, you know, had, had the momentum and the speed, and outran them to the end zone. Now, this was a, a, a remarkably intelligent play on his part, uh, a, a great fake-out job. And, I'm, again, like, I'm, I, like I said, I'm surprised we haven't seen this before. And then, of course, all of the sports pundits went to the social media saying, I can't believe this isn't a penalty or this is going to lead to more targeting calls, blah, 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 blah. Look, I know the game moves fast. There's a difference between being faked on a hook slide and actually seeing a hook slide there's quite a bit of, of movement difference there. Uh, I'm pretty sure defenders are going to be able to tell the difference. Look, just continue to collapse, make your tackles. If he decides to hook slide, you can always just kind of lay on him, and that's fine. Nobody's going nobody's to flag you for that. But uh, remarkable, 
little move there by Kenny Pickett. I think he had that one in his hip pocket for a while. Um, I have a number two honorable mention, and it's something that I talked about on Friday just briefly, but now that it's come to fruition and the, the number has continued to grow, I feel like I, this is an honorable mention. Uh, as Jim Harbaugh and his wife announced last week, announced following the, the win over Ohio State, that they will be donating Jim Harbaugh's bonus salary, all the uh, salary he, he makes by virtue of bonuses, escalators and things like that in his contract this year, things like you know winning awards and winning the East and winning the conference and going to the CFP and all the, you know, the, the things that he had 0.0% chance of doing in the offseason, according to ESPN. Uh, he's going to be donating his bonus salary to Michigan staff members in the athletic department who were forced to take pay cuts. Now, any staffer who was making less than 50000 didn't have to take a pay cut, but anybody making over 50000 had to take a considerable pay, pay cut. I think it was 7.5% of their salary, which is, you know, it's a good chunk. Well, now that Michigan has done so well and they're now number two ranked team in the country, they're in the college football playoff, that number has ballooned to over $2 million with a potential to be $3.5 million by the time it's all said and done if they happen to win the national championship. So props to Jim Harbaugh and his wife for thinking of those others when he could have just been like, hey, you know what, I earned this. I've had to listen to all this crap for the last six years about how I can't coach and I'm a Michigan man and I can't beat Ohio State and blah, 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 and I'm on the hot seat and who are they going to hire next and am I going to go back to the NFL? Uh, instead, he decided to give back to the athletic department. Props to Jim Harbaugh for that. All right, now on to the real Dean's list. I do have my, uh, my three candidates here. Number one, I've got Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama. Uh, all he did on Saturday night in Bama's biggest game of the season was throw for 421 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, versus the country's most dominant defense, some that were saying was the greatest defense of all time, as you can't see me rolling my eyes deep into the back of my head right now. But nonetheless, they were dominant this year. There's, you, know, you, can't, you can't dispute that. Uh, but, man, was Bryce Young good and securing his Heisman moment, and uh, just hand that man the trophy now. His his statistics are, are now so far ahead of any other quarterback in the country. I don't believe he's the best player in the country, but at quarterback position, a one-loss team in the college football playoff, the big win in the SEC championship game over the best defense in the country, and his numbers are backing it up. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy, but that was his Heisman moment. Congratulations to Bryce Young. Number two, another quarterback, this time in a different position than Bryce Young, Jared Goff, quarterback of the Detroit Lions, been clowned on a lot this year because, well, the Lions were winless. However, yesterday in a battle against division rival Minnesota, he orchestrated a 14-play 75-yard drive in the waning seconds of the game and threw the game-winning touchdown as time expired to beat the Vikings and give the Lions their first win of the season. Uh, uh, maybe you can put the, the the Vikings on the dunce list for not playing proper defense. I don't know. I prefer to give credit to a team that really fought their tails off, and I thought Jared Goff actually played really well uh, for the entire game. There were some moments he was put into positions that I didn't think he should have been, and there were problems. However, I thought he balled out yesterday, and uh, give credit to the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, but Jared Goff orchestrating that, uh, uh, that comeback victory last night. 
or yesterday in that game, the 14-play drive in a minute and 50 seconds. Very, very impressive. Throwing the touchdown pass on fourth down as time has expired. Doesn't get any better than that. And finally, number three. Now, this is going to be a little bit personal for me. Maybe a little bit personal for you, but I'm going to keep it uh, keep it in the neighborhood here. Number three on the Dean's list is Arizona basketball. And I want to just acknowledge everybody involved with that program over the last two years, the Sean Miller era, bringing in these players that the Wildcats have right now, and for Tommy Lloyd taking that team, giving them the ball and letting them run with it, because they have given Wildcat fans a reason to celebrate and a feeling of joy this holiday season because they are damn good. They're 7-0 and right now. They've got some big games coming up, some true road games in Champaign this weekend, in Knoxville on the 22nd of December, two ranked teams that are going to give them a real test, um, again, much like Wichita State and Michigan did in the neutral site tournament. But I just want to give a shout-out to, to Arizona basketball because, look, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough fall. It was not, um, and I mean autumn, not falling down. It was a it was a rough football season for us. It wasn't the worst. I, last year was last year was demoralizing. This year had its ups and downs. It was a roller coaster. There were plenty of downs. There were some ups. But I think in general, I think most Wildcat fans are feeling optimistic about the future of the football program as it stands right now, day to day, week to week. But Arizona basketball has just been a real shining gem in the city of Tucson so far this year. They're fun to watch. They're blowing teams out that they should be blowing out. Now they come home from Corvallis with a Pac-12 win under their belt. The rest of the Pac-12 is really struggling. ASU beat Oregon in Eugene last night. So, man, I mean, there's there's like three teams in this conference that look halfway decent. Everybody else, maybe four. Washington State looks pretty good. Four teams in this conference that look pretty good. Uh, Arizona looks great, and uh, I want to put them on the Dean's list because they have given us a, a reason for joy in this, uh, in this year and in this season. Now we move to the dunce list. Oh, boy. First off, honorable mention, my goodness. Uh, folks, when I say I'm on a bad streak of losses – uh, on my FanDuel Sportsbook account right now, I mean like a real bad streak. Like I need a win in the worst way. My parlay cards this weekend were terrible. And I mean whether it was a two-leg parlay, I had a six-leg parlay yesterday in the NFL that got blown up when Jared Goff threw that touchdown pass to, the, uh, to, the, to win the game against Minnesota. But I haven't won a parlay since – uh, God, what was it? I think it was the previous weekend. I'm 0-6 since Thursday in my parlay cards. Uh, that's, that's, that's really poor. And I've, and I've tried all kinds of different things. I had a, a, just a nifty little parlay for the Suns and Warriors on Friday night. That didn't come through. I had what I thought was a sure thing for yesterday. I took four heavy favorites to uh, to win their games, nope, didn't happen. 
So uh, I'm putting myself and my parlay cards on the uh, on the dunce list from uh, from over the weekend right now. Uh, number one on the dunce list, Mario Cristobal. Bro, what are you doing? And I have a, a like a kind of little side piece to this as well. Now, Mario Cristobal, if you believe the reports that are out there, was offered a 10-year extension worth $85 million from Uncle Phil, 83-year-old founder of Nike, offered him an extension. Instead, Mario Cristobal pushed it back across the table and said, I'm going to wait. I'll let you know when I'm ready to, uh, to come back and sign that. Instead, then decided to go jump on a booster's private jet to go, <clears throat> quote-unquote, recruiting, but instead go and flirt with Miami, um, who's right now in just complete disarray. They have made it very public that Manny Diaz is only their coach if they don't hire Mario Cristobal. They're basically going to let Mario Cristobal hire the new athletic director if he decides to take the job in Miami. It's a complete mess. So he tells Phil Knight no thanks to $85 million, gets on a private jet, and goes and flirts with another school. Does this sound familiar to you? Now, the reason I'm saying this, and it's not com- – Mario Cristobal is an idiot. Uh, look, don't don't slow play this thing. Make your decision. If you want to go back to Miami where your roots are, then just tell Oregon, say, you know what, I- I'm, I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to take this because I've lost my o- offensive coordinator. I'm not happy here in Eugene. I really just want to go back to Miami where my home is. Fine. Just tell them that. Be like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go do some recruiting. I'll be back in a few days. Recruiting, i.e. being going and flirting with another school. Willie Taggart did the exact same thing to Oregon four years ago, right? When he was offered an extension by Oregon, I think it was a six-year, $55 million extension, something like that. He took the private jet, went to Florida State to go flirt with them, and then took the Florida State job. Oregon looks like complete chumps in this whole thing. Like, why does nobody want to coach there? I think one guy might be able to, though. Just got fired this weekend from his NFL job, and there may have been uh, kind of an, an, a mutual agreement in that, as Joe Brady may have gone to Matt Rule and is like, hey, look, are you going to retain me next year or not? And if Matt Rule said, I'm probably thinking that we're going to find a, another offensive coordinator, he's like, great, can you let me go today so that I can go and try to get the job at Oregon? I would not be surprised if that's the conversation that happened, and I would not be surprised if today it is announced that Mario Cristobal is the head coach of Miami and that Joe Brady will be the new head coach at Oregon. Would not be surprised in the least. But Mario Cristobal is a moron, uh, and I'm going to be sad to see him go because he couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag, and I'm really going to miss that on the sidelines at Oregon. Number two on the dunce list, Oklahoma State. Oh, my God, Mike Gundy and, and your offense. What in the world? choking away your first opportunity to play in the college football playoff. Folks, turnovers are killers. Oklahoma State had four of them, four interceptions in that game. Baylor had three touchdown drives to win that game, won the game 21-16. Baylor had three touchdown drives in that game. Those touchdown drives were 11 yards, 37 yards, and 47 yards. Turnovers will absolutely kill you. Now, that game came down to about – 12 inches of, uh, of distance between a football and a pylon uh, on the final play of the game. It was super exciting, but nonetheless, my God, Oklahoma State just absolutely choking it away. 
They had their opportunity. They could have seized it. They could have been the better team. But instead, they turned the ball over a thousand times, and that's going to happen to you if you turn the ball over that many times. Finally, number three, and I was just kind of like, as I'm watching last week and this week and just kind of the regular season, where are the AFC offenses at in the NFL? Where are the points? Seven of the top ten teams in the NFL in terms of scoring are in the NFC. The only three that are in the AFC are Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and the Chargers. Seven of the top ten are NFC teams. Where is all the scoring gone? Look at the games yesterday. Jeez, I, I mean, nobody in the AFC is scoring. The Jets scored 18 points against the Eagles, which I thought was miraculous. Three touchdowns. The Texans got, got blanked. Uh, the Bengals, one of the top-scoring teams, only scored 22 points. The Dolphins' offense isn't very good. The Jags are terrible. The Raiders mustered 15 points against Washington yesterday. The Steelers and Ravens scored under 40 points combined. And the Broncos uh, and, uh, and Kansas City, as far as their offenses go, combined to score 24 points last night. Yikes. So where are the offenses? Where's the scoring in the AFC? We always thought the AFC was so full of great offense and throwing the football and, you know, airing it out there and really getting the points. It's not happening this year. AFC football. Yikes. Now, some of those teams are very excited. Obviously, Indy's very, very good, uh, and they are really surging right now. But, man, I don't know where those offenses went. But uh, there you have it, my Dean's list and my Dunce list for the weekend that was. Hope you enjoyed that one. All right, coming up in just about ten minutes. Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats. He's the senior editor for Go AZ Cats. He's our recruiting insider. We're going to be talking with him about uh, some of the things that we're developing over the weekend in Wildcat recruiting and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. It's the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM and 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson presents the Taco Bell New Year's Eve Downtown Bowl Bash. It's following the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Exciting game between Boise State and Central Michigan. It's going to take place at Tucson's Times Square. You can enter at uh, Tool and Congress starts at 6 p.m. It's free uh, admission. There's live music from 80s and gentlemen. Love that name. Also, the Plain White Tees. Hey, uh, Delilah. They're going to be uh, uh, the uh, your entertainment for the uh, for the party. There's going to be a beer garden, food trucks for the adults, fun for the whole family with the uh, the kids zone and all that stuff. And we're going to ring in the 2022 New Year with the famous Taco Drop and a fireworks display from the roof of Hotel Congress. For more details, go to ESPNTucson.com. Yesterday in the NFL, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski hooked up two more times for their career uh, on touchdowns and their win over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Tom Brady just continues to throw the football at an extremely high volume and a high level, and at 44 years old is gearing up to be in a league MVP once again. But the two touchdowns yesterday between Brady and Gronk bring their career number to 99 touchdowns. They, they have connected on 99 times um, in their careers. That brings them within 15 touchdowns of tying the all-time NFL record, which is currently held by Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. 
Now, that's a lot to ask of a of a quarterback and a tight end, especially a tight end who has uh, seen some injuries and has already retired once, and a 44-year-old quarterback. But if anybody can do it, it's those two, and I'm rooting for them. So, um, you know, I, I think if you you know if you get into the, the postseason – Depending on how deep the uh, the Buccaneers go, uh, obviously with two touchdowns in the Super Bowl last year, between the two of them, that number continues to grow. And and Brady just really relies on Gronk in those big moments. So it could get interesting, if especially if if uh, Gronk decides to play another season uh, next year. So we'll uh, we'll see about that. The Kansas City Chiefs all of a sudden, the first look the first month of the year. The offense, you know, and, and look, Patrick Mahomes was throwing the football well. They were turning the ball over, but the offense still looked electric as usual. I think there was a little bit of frustration because of scheme-wise they were forcing, uh, teams were forcing them to throw the ball underneath, but I think there was still plenty of, of big plays in that offense. Now that offense has gone to the tank, and the defense that was playing so horribly, I mean, I, I watched a t- plenty of Kansas City Chiefs games early this season and was like, wow, this defense might be one of the three or four worst in the NFL. Now, all of a sudden, that defense has bounced back, and they are stout. I mean, that is a good defense that we saw yesterday. The Denver Broncos, I don't know if that's the ultimate uh, litany test because as talented as they are in offense, they they don't score points. I don't understand. Again, another AFC team that can't score. They got talent all over the place on offense. They can't score touchdowns. So, um, listen, team people who wrote off the Chiefs, um, not just for the the number one seed in the AFC or winning the AFC West, but there were a lot of people out there and talking heads and opinionators and such that had written them off in the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. Da, 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 da. Listen, Chiefs are making the playoffs. And they got a shot at that number one seed, depending on what happens with the rest of the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens, they've got a tough schedule ahead of them. They play, uh, I think, I think four of their final games are against teams with winning records. The Patriots also have a tough road ahead of them. And I don't know any other AFC team other than the Bills if they get hot, but they've been a roller coaster all year. I don't know any other AFC team that's really going to knock them off. So, yeah, we could be looking at the the Kansas City Chiefs making a nice comeback in this second half of the season and uh, wrestling away that number one seed for the for the AFC playoffs, and that would be a huge feather in the cap for Andy Reid once again and his uh, stellar coaching staff that they've put together there at Kansas City. We'll talk some more NFL uh, throughout the week. Of course, we talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, and glad to do it for you. But coming up next, we're going to talk some Wildcat recruiting with our recruiting insider, senior editor for Go AZ Cats, Matt Moreno, next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back here on this Monday morning, Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. And uh, over the weekend, I mean, it's been a busy early recruiting period, early signing period for Jed Fish, his assistants, and the Wildcats, of course. 
And over the weekend, they made kind of a splash uh, in a uh, one of the bigger recruiting states in the country. And here to join us to talk about that is our senior editor for Go AZ Catch with the Rivals and Yahoo Networks and our recruiting insider. He is Matt Moreno, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Matt, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And let's begin first with the transfers that Arizona is experiencing. A few players have entered the transfer portal. Any any that kind of jump out as surprising or uh, you know a, a big loss for the uh, for the Wildcats looking ahead to 2022? Not at this point. I think everyone is uh, you know a lot of players who either came in and expected to be playing and didn't or just didn't like their roles. So I, I don't think it's been anybody significant at this point. Um, I do think there potentially has, you know, the possibility of losing some, you know, key contributors. But at this point, it's been guys who have been, uh, you know, just didn't have bigger roles and, and are looking for, uh, you know, an opportunity to play somewhere else. So I think that's it, so far it's been pretty expected, I thought. Do you know of any current players that, that do have an impact on this team or a heavy impact on this team that are being courted by other programs? Uh, well, you can't be courted yet. You have to go into the actual portal before you can sure. get talked to by programs. So, otherwise, it's tamp- tampering. So, uh, not that that doesn't happen. Not that there isn't <laughs> uh, some schools that are kind of bending the rules. But at this point, uh, no names have jumped out so far. Okay. Anybody you expect to, you know, to kind of jump? Anybody that's that's, you know, uh, maybe been thinking about it or any any predictions, if you will, about some of the guys that we may hear about in the next few weeks. Um, at this point, it's, it's been kind of quiet, but I mean, okay. to me, I still think someone like Christian Roland Wallace is someone to at least keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously had a, a big season and, uh, is a California guy and recruited by USC. I could see USC being a school that, you know, maybe has some influence or floats some things back channels to him to maybe, Hey, this is a place you need to be. But, uh, outside of that, it's just, it's been pretty quiet. Now, over the weekend, uh, Jed Fish and his staff made quite the splash in what seemed like offering the entire state of Texas uh, <laughs> an offer at some point, whether it be the 22, 23, 24 class. Um, what, what is the impact of those offers, really, uh, in the grand scheme of things? To me, it strikes me as, as just the staff saying, hey, we're serious about Texas. Um, they did you know, as much as people say, oh, they didn't recruit Texas under Jed Fish this last year, they really did. Uh, they offered quite a few prospects from Texas, um, were in play with a few, and then, you know, schools like Baylor and TCU and SMU and all these schools from Texas that are, you know, very prominent football schools come through and offer, and it changes things. And so um, that's always going to be the challenge with recruiting Texas. That's why someone like Rich Rodriguez said, I'm just not even really going to bother because it's really difficult. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, takes a lot of resources to continue to recruit those schools. Uh, the thing is, there's a ton of talent there, and so even if you don't get, you know, a top ten player from Texas, uh, you're still getting a very talented football player. And so um, there's a ton of talent, so it's it's worth, you know, putting in the effort. I think, especially at a school like Arizona, you're not too far. Um, so to me, it was a, a show of, hey, we're serious about recruiting Texas. Uh, if you look at the offers that they made, uh, it was well over two dozen. <laughs> um, a lot of those players are playing in the state playoffs in Texas, so they're having an opportunity to be seen more. Um, the coaches are, you know, having a better chance to evaluate them, and so I think that played into it as well. But to me, it's just a show of, hey, we're serious about recruiting Texas, and um, the chances that Arizona lands, you know, most of these kids or, or even some of them is, is very low. 
um, because they're offering a lot of uh, prospects that are freshmen and sophomores at this point mm-hmm. who are just going to naturally get more offers. But I, I think it is a positive show of, hey, we're serious about recruiting Texas, and you, know, you can go from there. And if you land you know, a few of them, then that's, that's a win, I think, if you're Arizona. Yeah, you know, you, you just hit on that. That was my next uh, my next comment is, you know, let's not forget that Arizona's not just offering kids for the next and for the upcoming, uh, the incoming class. They're offering guys for 2023, 2024, and they did that last year. As you mentioned, you know, a lot of people got on Jed Fish and his staff for not offering the state of Texas, but some of those offers that they did hand out to the state of Texas to some of those recruits were for the 2023 and beyond class. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's part of it, too, is if you're Arizona and you're, you're trying to make some noise because, let's be honest, Texas recruits are not thinking about Arizona first on their list. That's not the school that they're waiting for an offer from. Um, you know, they a lot of the Texas recruits like to go in-state. They want to get offers from Texas and Texas A&M and Texas Tech and Baylor. And there's so many schools there, um, especially at the Power 5 level. So, yep. uh, you know, you have to make an impression early, and a lot of recruits – doesn't really matter when you talk to them throughout the process. A lot of them will always say, I always remember that first offer. I always remember that first Power 5 offer. It sticks with them. And so I think that's part of the process for Arizona is hey, saying, hey, we want to be the first one in there because that will stick with the recruit more than you know offering after uh, everybody else offers. You want to jump in early. And so I think that's uh, been a priority. The, uh, this coaching staff, I think, feels very strongly about its ability to evaluate prospects and uh, identify talent. And I think they feel like, hey, these guys are going to be big-time players eventually. We want to be in their first or at least one of the first schools to jump in the mix with them. And so I think that's been part of it as well. I know Jed, immediately following the season, said we need to focus on recruiting offensive line and we need some help at linebacker. In this particular deluge of, of offers in the state of Texas, was there a focus? Was there an offensive focus, a defensive focus, any specific positions that they focused on? There are a lot of defensive backs. Um, that's something that, I mean, Dwayne Walker is the one who's really responsible for recruiting Texas, Arizona's cornerbacks coach. And, um, Chuck Cecil has, you know, made a couple offers there as well at, at, uh, for safeties, but a lot of defensive backs uh, in that group. And, um, I think that's really going to be, continue to be the focus. There were a couple defensive linemen, but a lot of the focus was on the defensive backs and the secondary. Uh, there's a lot of talented, uh, defensive backs in Texas. And I think that's going to continue to be the focus. That was kind of, uh, the big focus for Arizona in this first cycle with this new staff was the defensive backs. Um, Kyron Chambers obviously is committed to Arizona, uh, one of the guys from Texas that is in this class. And so um, he's a defensive back, a cornerback, who's getting kind of wooed by other programs now and he's going to have a decision to make here in the next week or so. But um, uh, to me, it was, it was really about the defensive back group and it makes sense with doing Walker being the one who's really kind of uh, the big tie to Texas uh, for Arizona. We're joined by Matt Moreno right now, senior editor for Go AZ Cats and our recruiting insider right here. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Go AZ Cats. If you are on Twitter and if you're a Wildcat football fan, it's basically a must. Those two things go hand in hand. You follow Matt Moreno on Twitter. Now, Matt, with the new defensive coordinator, Johnny Nansen, come in, coming in, has there been any kind of an immediate, um, I don't want to say impact, has, has anything changed? Has anything noticeably changed about Arizona's approach as it stands to their current early recruiting class? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, there's been a couple of JUCO players, junior college players that have been offered. Uh, St. John Bosco has a running back who's very talented, um, who Arizona has offered. And so there's been a lot more 
um, just activity, I think, in Southern California, which is, it seems strange because you would say, well, they should be active in Southern California, but just at some different schools that Arizona really hasn't been involved with yet, um, there's been some activity, and Johnny Nansen uh, has a strong relationship with St. John Bosco, which is one of the most talented programs in the country, uh, one of the top teams in Southern California. Uh, Rayshon Luke is their running back who Arizona offered. Um, he's kind of taking the process slow, so they've uh, you know, jumped in with him, and it'll be interesting to see if he's able to get out on a visit I know he planned to go to Louisville this upcoming weekend, so his time is tight if he wants to sign before the, um, you know, during the early signing period. But uh, he's someone that they're involved with. But yeah, that's been it's been really about just being active, and really I think the priority for Arizona with Johnny Nansen has been getting in the homes of the commitments, uh, the guys who are already on board, and, and making sure that they're, you know, still locked in with their commitments. And that's that's going to be an important part of this, of this process you know, over this next week is making sure that. The players who are already committed, which one of them is, a couple of them are four-star prospects and, um, you know, guys that could potentially contribute next season and, and or at least very early on in their careers, making sure those guys are ready to sign and that they feel comfortable with John and Anson because, you know, they're very key parts of this class. So Tyler Martin out of Massachusetts had them in for name home. Uh, Sterling Lane is going to meet with Johnny Nansen. Um, they're, they're four-star defensive end from California. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, that going on, and I think that's the priority right now. Uh, is making sure that those guys that are already committed stay committed and sign you know, once the early signing period begins here soon. Let's discuss uh, maybe not an elephant in the room, but maybe kind of, you know, uh, some kind of a, a, a little bit of a smaller animal in the room, but still looming large nonetheless, and that is T. Tyroa McMillan, T. Mac, as he's well known, the commitment to Oregon. Obviously, a lot of things happening at Oregon right now. Mario Cristobal may be announced as the Miami head coach. They lose Joe Moorhead, their offensive coordinator. Now Lincoln Riley comes into USC, and I've heard that they have been talking with T-Mac. Where does Arizona stand right now with the potential of bringing T-Mac in to be with his two brothers that played with him this, this year and over the last couple of years? Yeah, I don't think they're in a terrible spot. I mean, um, as everyone saw, I think, uh, when Jimmy Doherty and Kevin Cummings, Arizona's quarterback coach and receiver coach, uh, had an in-home visit with Noah Fafita, who's the quarterback from Servite who's committed, and Jacob Manu, a linebacker from Servite who's committed, uh, T-Mac was there. He was there mm-hmm. on the in-home visit, which is a positive sign. Maybe he just showed up because, you know, it was, it was a family dinner and a chance to kind of, uh, you know, just hang out with his friends, but... Uh, to get in a photo with Arizona's coaches and, and allow that to go on, knowing he's committed to Oregon, uh, it says something. Uh, I've seen enough recruiting to know that that's meaningful. Um, obviously, with Mario Cristobal going to, it sounds like at this point, leaning towards going to Miami or plans are in place to go to Miami, uh, that would change some things. I mean, um, you know, he had, T-Mac does have a relationship with Mario Cristobal. I don't think that he is someone who would follow Mario Cristobal to Miami, so I don't think that would be a situation that's in play. Um, and USC is very legitimate. I think, you know, that was a program that he really liked. He's a Southern California recruit. Um, I think they would have, you know, some say in this. But if you're Arizona, you're kind of the consistent in this entire process. I mean, you're the one school of the final three that he was really looking at that uh, isn't going to have a coaching change, that has some stability. And so um, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. There hasn't really been any clear path on what's going to happen. TMAC. When he's when he has uh, opted to speak about it, has said he's really locked in with Oregon and plans on going there. But the idea of your coach leaving and the actual reality of your coach leaving are two different things, and that can change some things. And so, 
Um, I still think for Arizona, until he signs somewhere and it's not Arizona, the door is open for you to make a move. And so uh, it feels like there's you know some momentum building for Arizona, but uh, it could be a very interesting week. I mean, the thing that is always in play, and at this point, T-Mac, like a couple of other of his other teammates, uh, Key and Burnett and Noah Fafita, uh, who are planning to get to Arizona next month in January, are mid-year enrollees. T-Mac is a mid-year enrollee. He's planning to be on a college campus in January. Yeah. He can always take that back and say, I'm just going to wait out the process. But for now, that could put Arizona in a good position. If he really truly does want to get on a campus in January, he'd have that opportunity at Arizona. And so I think it's going to be a very interesting week. It'll be you know, uh, something that is get, maybe gets a little bit hectic, but I think Arizona is not in a terrible spot with T-Mac and maybe in a better spot, I think definitely in a better spot than they were you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I got I got butterflies in my stomach when I saw that picture. I think uh, Noah's mom, uh, Mama Fafita, pulling some strings on that one. Oh, you know, come on, uh, you know, T Mac, come on over. We got some dinner. We're cooking your favorite tonight. And uh, oh yeah, by the way, the Arizona coaches are here, and we're going to get a picture together. I mean, that's just amazing stuff. I love I love when you see the parents get involved so heavily like that. That's always a lot of fun, and certainly uh, caused a little bit of a stir in the uh, in the Pac twelve. And now, you know, finally, Matt, if, if I can get you to look into your crystal ball a little bit, if you're predicting when the – when you know, after official signing day is over in February and we're getting ready to, uh, to go and to move into the summer, where do you think Arizona will rank just in the Pac-12, in the Pac-12, in this 2022 recruiting class? I think they end up kind of staying where they're at, which is not bad at all. I mean, to be in the top half of the Pac-12, which right now I believe they're fourth um, in the Pac-12, uh, is not a terrible thing. I mean, that's, that's progress. That's a lot better than where Arizona has been the last <laughs> few years. And, um, you know, I think that would send a pretty good message considering you're, you're a program that won you know, one game this season. I mean, I, I've continued to say it even when Arizona hadn't won a game this year. Uh, it was really remarkable what Jack Fisher had done to really build up this class and put it where he, where he had it. I mean, to be inside the top 40, um, at this point in the year is a big deal. I think if they make a strong push here, which you know, T-Mac would obviously propel that even more, and there's a couple other prospects that could really add to the class and really give it a boost, if they could get closer to that 30 range, I mean, that's that's a big deal. I mean, if you can get close to number 30 and you can hang around there and you can have a type of class that is in that spot every year, you're going to be competing for you know conference uh, championships or at least the division title. And you know uh, that's where Arizona wants to be. They want to be able to you know, win it nine and ten games every year and being in competition for the for the league title. And so you don't need to have a top ten class to be, you know, a really, really good football program. I think that's the misconception. If you can hang around twenty five to thirty range and be, you know, in the top three, top four of your of your conference, you're gonna be in a good spot. So Arizona's definitely heading in the right direction and I do think they're gonna end up probably sticking where they're at right now, which, you know, that's there's a lot to be done over this next week and then going into February, the next uh, signing period. But I think Arizona will hang around that top four spot, and that's a really good place to be. That's great to hear, man. Maddie, you're the best. We appreciate all of your time and your effort and your expertise. Uh, send me a text message when you're planning on coming up to Phoenix to watch some basketball. I'll go with you. We'll check out a game, okay? Will do, Jeff. All right, that's Matt Moreno right there, senior editor for Go AZ Cats, working with rivals in Yahoo. He's our recruiting insider, obviously knows his stuff. We always like to make sure we carve out plenty of time for Matt Moreno because he does always have so much great information uh, for Wildcat fans out there. And, again, if you're not following him on Twitter, if you're, if you're not on Twitter, 
you might just want to just get on Twitter just to follow one person. I don't even care if you don't follow me. I'm, listen, I'm boring as hell on Twitter. Uh, follow Matt Moreno at Matt Go AZ Cats, and uh, he's always got great information. And I uh, love talking to Maddie, and he's always got such – I think one of the things I really like about talking with Matt is he's always – he's got an optimistic outlook like I do. Like, he feels that Arizona's in a really good spot for T-Mac. I feel the same way. But other people I've talked to is like, we got no chance now that Lincoln Riley's in USC. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I think we're in a good spot, man. Like, I think we got the leg up. I think it's – I think it's it's Oregon, his original commitment, um, which, by the way, Manny Diaz has been fired, uh, just got the word – uh, Manny Diaz, Miami head coach, now former Miami head coach, has been fired. So that is the writing on the wall that Maria Cristobal is taking that job. So things looking pretty good for the Wildcats, depending on what happens next at Oregon. Um, we'll see. But uh, I think Arizona's sitting right there in the passenger seat with one hand on the wheel in return in uh, regards to uh, their recruitment of uh, T. Tyroa McMillan. So looking forward to the next few weeks, man. Uh, next, Well, the next week is really going to be a, uh, a big one, right? Um, but uh, looking forward to this. I don't like the early recruiting period. It is what it is. We have to deal with it. So we're going to roll with it and see what happens. The Miranda Police Officers Association is holding a Stuff the Cop Car Toy Drive this Saturday, December 11th. It's going to be at 8 a.m., uh, starts at 8 a.m., goes till 2 p.m. It's going to be at the Walmart off of Cortero, just west of I-10 there. They're going to be collecting clothes, shoes, and toys for all ages. They will also be accepting cash donations. This is going to benefit the Arizona Children's Association to help kids in the Marana and Tucson areas have a very merry holiday. Uh, for more information, you can always go to ESPNTucson.com. Got all your info right there. When I return, put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next, right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Don't forget to go visit our boys, Spears and Ali, broadcasting their show live from the famous Sam's tonight at River and LaChoya. From 3 to 6, they'll be on the air broadcasting live. And then uh, immediately following them, a great Monday night matchup, an AFC East rivalry game between the Patriots and the Bills. Should be a good one. Looking forward to it. I, 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 we don't get many good, uh, really good Monday night football games. The matchup is certainly really good. Great if you uh, if if even. Uh, I hope just hope we get a a game that uh, that lives up to it. But the uh, famous Sam's at River Lachoya, great spot to hang out with family and friends. They've got a happy hour going from two to six. Plenty of TVs, plenty of beers on tap, and of course the delicious food from their menu that they'll be serving up. And of course our boys Spears and Ali broadcasting live from three to six. Head on down there to the famous Sam's River in Lachoya and enjoy a Monday evening of football and fun. Uh, I want to congratulate the South Point Catholic uh, football team as uh, they move on to the state championship game in the 5A division as they outlasted Goodyear Desert Edge by a score of 29-17 to on Friday night uh, at South Point uh, High School. They uh, they won that game. It was a, it was a really, really tight game. Uh, and then uh, they kind of they scored a late touchdown to go up 29-17 and put it away, put the defense on the field, shut it down, and uh, that was all she wrote. So congratulations 
to South Point as they move on to the state championship. They're going to be taking on Scottsdale Horizon, the number one ranked team in 5A. Uh, they had a fight with Desert Mountain in their game, both uh, schools not too far from one another, actually, um, up here in, uh, in Phoenix, up in Scottsdale there, as uh, that game was 28-24 final. That was a uh, pretty good game between uh, Horizon and Desert Mountain. So Horizon and South Point, that game is going to be played Friday night, 8 o'clock at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. So South Point going to be traveling up. It's the number one versus number two team is what everybody wanted to see. And uh, good luck to the boys at South Point Catholic and uh, bring home that championship for the city of Tucson. Uh, also, some other interesting things occurred over the weekend in high school football. Chandler narrowly escapes with their lives in a game in the open uh, semifinal against Liberty. They win in overtime. And Hamilton, wow, the mighty Hamilton goes down to Saguaro. That 4A little engine that could. Yeah, right. They're a recruiting juggernaut. So it's going to be Saguaro versus Chandler for the Open Championship. That is going to be next weekend as well. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this uh, t- this day's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats for joining us to talk some recruiting. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in studio for keeping us on the air and pushing all the right buttons and all that happy stuff. Enjoy Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys again tomorrow from 7 to 9 for Tucson's only local morning sports talk show right here, the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD for Tucson.